Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful, thoughtful resources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from a quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Perpetual Foreigners and Other Lies. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin. And as always, I'm here with Nick in North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Hey, it's going well. We record in the summer, you know, in advance as always. And so I was actually able to go out for a run in this weather, and it wasn't bad. So oh, yeah. surviving and thriving. What's uh, What's the weather like down there? Oh, it's still humid. But I mean, I went at like eight o'clock give or take and so by that time like it's it's manageable enough here it's where you're still like soaking wet from sweat but (laughs) you can survive if you actually have good running shoes which i still need to get i have not managed to do that but Mm. other than that it's been pretty nice pretty nice weather yeah well you know running at eight o'clock that that makes sense i do remember the humid humid north carolina weather well yeah, no dry here <laughs> uh yeah i don't have any segue for this, this is we're just going for it huh. speaking uh, of dry <laughs> humor uh yeah i don't know how you tie that one in but this this week we're recommending a podcast called the reclaim podcast and specifically we're recommending episode six cultural identity and asian american stereotypes and this podcast is uh, hosted by uh, Pastor Raymond Chang, or Ray Chang, as he often goes by. He is the president of the Asian American Christian Collaborative, and also vice president of that same organization is Dr. Michelle Reyes. They both uh, host the Reclaim podcast, and they also had a guest on this episode that we're recommending, uh, Shireen DeLong, and uh, she has a. It looks like she's working on a PhD at azusa pacific university and i think actually ray might also be doing that i know he has an mdiv from ted's and also something that's kind of neat with this podcast is i know ray um not super well but i mean we were both in the chaplain's office when i was he's still there he's working at wheaton um when i was a junior i was getting ready to be the student chaplain of prayer for my senior year and i was trying i'd kind of been tasked by the chaplain with uh heading up a prayer movement to pray for every student uh, every week by name and while i was kind of going around brainstorming with people what it would look like because it was you know it was just this new idea that chaplain was like hey go do this next year so i was like all right let me uh, let me think about how to do that and i was just going around with different people and discussing the idea with what it would look like to start something like that and i remember when i was talking with ray he you know he took some time he let me come into his office and just was like hey what's what's the idea what are you thinking and he offered to just the two of us to pray over every student every week and like write a note to let every student know we are praying for them which is really cool um we didn't end up doing that just because i we ended up being like a student movement where we just had students own it and be able to continue it that way but it just a as a testament to who he is you know often when we're recommending podcasts we don't actually know people personally but um in this case i i know ray a little bit so that was that was a pretty cool memory um and as you may have guessed from the podcast episode title 
the cultural identity and Asian American stereotypes. We're going to be talking about race again because we think it's so good to to learn um, both Nick and I to be continually learning. Uh, like we ended season four, the journey continues. You know, we're mm, shout by, out. yeah, we're we're by no means having arrived with uh, all sorts of knowledge or whatever. Um, so yeah, I I really wanted to think about this podcast uh, because again, in America, when we talk about race. And again, it's not wrong to be thinking about white and black, but we often are just thinking about white people, black people, or, you know, European and African-American. And we don't really go beyond that in the popular conversation often. So it's wonderful when you have resources like this that are well, you know, well made and prepared. It's like, hey, let's let's learn some more. Let's learn some more about our brothers and sisters. And to I'll just give a broad overview of this podcast episode as the the name of our podcast episode perpetual foreigners um and then and other lies there's perpetual foreigner syndrome is one thing that they discuss in this podcast where basically asian americans are often viewed as other even when you know they've been here just as long as other people in america or longer in often case um and then the other and I'm like literally doing a very, very brief synopsis. But the other one is the model minority myth where often Asian Americans are held up as a sort of exemplar of different racial minorities as, oh, look at these people have succeeded. So looking at other minorities, why can't you? And it's weaponized in a way. Um, but before we dive into each of those, I did just want to uh, offer an apology for an earlier episode from Beggar's Bread. It was in, I believe, season two, episode one, titled Those Among Us. And that podcast episode is all about learning about our Hmong brothers and sisters, and specifically uh, one of my friends that was my youth pastor and is now a pastor of a church, uh, B. Vang. And super grateful for that episode and the podcast episode we recommended. No apology about that. What I want to apologize for is the title when i put those among us it doesn't include our Hmong brothers and sisters as us it in other words i have contributed to the perpetual foreigner syndrome uh not intentionally um but certainly i could have uh, reflected more and i have reflected more um now later on so i did want to apologize for that um that we could have titled that better and also just to clear it up it was my podcast title idea so it was not nick's <laughs> um, <laughs> no i was just the interview guest in this instance but even it is interesting too because uh in that title even before you know way before this uh actually with my friend b once we were going out to eat and we were talking about like spicy food or something and i remember i said something like oh i don't I can't stand spicy food because I'm Midwestern. Like I, you know, I was raised on bread or something, some, <laughs> some comment like that. And I remember even then he was like, Oh, not all like, no, no, no. That doesn't mean you don't like spicy food. Cause you're not, cause you're in the Midwest. And he basically was saying really gently and tactfully, Hey, you know, like the Midwest is not just European white people. <laughs> so, um, really getting yeah, at That's true. And it was great. I mean, and Nick and I were talking about before this podcast, just before we started recording right now, uh, thinking about 
most recently and celebrating uh, SUNY Lee's gold medal in, in gymnastics as a Hmong American and thinking, oh, it's interesting. In one sense, it, it's totally right to celebrate her as Hmong an American because it's I think it's the first time um, that a Hmong American has been represented in the Olympics or at the very least a gold medal in gymnastics. So that's super exciting and very wonderful to celebrate and be like, yeah, that's Midwest. That's me. So, I mean, I know Nick <laughs> might not be Nick, but up here in the Midwest is pretty cool. Um, and I was even thinking, it's interesting, um, you know, when Michael Phelps, and I have nothing against Michael Phelps, I'm not, you know, this is not a bash Michael Phelps podcast episode. Um, but when he wins gold medals, just to drive home this point about the perpetual foreigner syndrome, you know, we don't go... Ah yes, the the European American Michael Phelps won eight gold medals. <laughs> you know, because mm, yeah. because that that whiteness or that Europeanness is just assumed to be American, um, whereas being Hmong American, there's that we're like highlighting the distinction. And again, in one sense, it's like I'm not like upset. Like, don't you dare call someone a Hmong American. That that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, it just kind of goes to prove their point as they're talking in the podcast hey they're with asian americans we often just clump them into one group and we just say they're other they're not whites they're just other and um i've been rambling a lot already in this episode but even (laughs) just before we get into a little bit with thinking specifically about shireen um their guest on the episode how she's indian american and has some background from both i believe it was one of her parents' side is both uh, like a British background and Indian background. And just how vastly different that is from, you know, Ray is Korean and um, thinking about our co-listener today is Hmong and um, just taking Asian American and clumping them all together as one group is in a way kind of a disservice to learning about ethnicity and learning about race because it's like, wait a second these are enormous swaths of population of the earth and we're just clumping them into one group. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And even just looking at like, if you want to perceive of it from a cinematic perspective, right. And just the ways in which filmmaking is done um, throughout so many different Asian countries and in so many different ways. Like, I mean, Hong Kong cinema is definitely like markedly distinct from both Japanese cinema and then also Korean cinema. And there's going to be different cultural elements within all of those films if you actually take the time to watch them and to understand kind of the nuances and the context in which they're creating this art too. Like, I mean, I think, for example, of how in um, a lot of the South Korean cinema that I've seen, it's very much, you know, talking about and commenting on the sociopolitical realities of, class within korean culture and like how there's this large disparity between the super rich and the super poor um and you're not necessarily going to see that in the same light in like say like a japanese movie that might like if it's part of you know the japanese new wave from the 60s they're going to have more of this understanding of like post hiroshima nagasaki kind of like this very um not necessarily apocalyptic but very much like um apocalyptic imagery kind of shows up a lot and a lot of like 
radiation burns and imagery related to like destruction and stuff are very prominent in some of those more new wave moments. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Not, yeah, not, not many countries. If I I believe just one has had an atomic bomb dropped on it. So that it makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's very shaping of, you know, their culture and then also how they're, understanding and grappling with that through their art too and so you can't necessarily just assume that when you're going to see somebody that they're going to come with those same cultural awarenesses as if it was somebody from like south korea you know it's like it's very different absolutely and i mean i don't know as much about film but i'm curious just because i because you mentioned it briefly is there anything about hong kong cinema that stands out to you immediately also that you said is distinctive uh, I've only seen a few Hong Kong movies, but the one I did watch was a comedy, so I don't know if it would necessarily compare with the dramas I've seen. Um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely has a more, um, you could say, like Western approach to filmmaking, but I wouldn't be able to say that that's like respective of all Hong Kong cinema, right? But I do know it is distinctive from Japanese and Korean cinema, which are like the two that I've seen the most. Uh, that's, that makes sense. Um, and I did, okay, I did want to pause too, because I know whenever we're talking about race, because our, our listenership, if that's a word, is that a word? Mm, we can say that. Or you say our, <laughs> our, I always just go with our fellow beggars, you know, because it, keeps it keeps it classy, keeps it within our, um, our audience the pool of beggars telling other beggars, you know, what if someone's like crumbs of truth or whatever? I mean, that's fair, but let's say someone's like a first time listener. They're like, I don't know if I'm ready to be called a beggar. And like, I, mm. you know, I'm just a guest. Our audience, you could say, <laughs> instead of listener. What do you say? Listenership or something? Yeah. Well, yeah, I said listenership. I think audience is a good word, you know, start at the beginning. Fair enough. Well, just being cognizant <laughs> of our audience may very well be similar to Nick and I, uh, i.e. white um yeah yeah whatever we're talking about race i mean i feel like i am a broken record here but i'm like hey it's i have no problem saying it and i think it's good to say um permission to feel uncomfortable if you're like i don't i don't want to talk about race i'm i'm sick of talking about race um from what i've heard from many of my friends uh of color they also get very very tired of having to live and and these different stereotypes so um that's not to guilt people into listening saying you should listen um more just like hey this is an invitation if it's uncomfortable that's all right um you're still invited uh you don't you don't have to have your thoughts fully formed to be part of this conversation um hopefully and this is what i'm trying to do i know it's a little awkward and sending out a podcast where you're like here let me record my thoughts and share them with the world um, but I'm trying my best to be having a posture of listening. Um, and so that's partly why we're just recommending sources and like, hey, these people have some good stuff to say. Um, but in any case, I, I just wanted to say, again, whenever we're talking about race, whenever we're talking about anything that's that's difficult, permission to feel uncomfortable, permission to say, oh, I have some questions about this, or I'm not sure. Um, and in fact, I did actually want to highlight one thing. So I, I know briefly earlier we, we talked about, again, I gave you an overview that perpetual foreigner syndrome, this idea of Asian Americans aren't fully American. Somehow it's like, ah, oh, no, they're, they're other. I, you know, Ray highlights this in the episode where 
sometimes if an Asian American is asked, oh, where are you from? It's, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm from California. Or I think it was Michelle was like, I'm from South Carolina. And then someone's like, where are you really from? Like insinuating, oh, you're, you're surely not actually American. You, you must have been born somewhere else. Um, that sense of otherness instead of accepting, no, we're American. Um, and then the, the other thing that they talk a lot about is the model minority myth. And I've heard about this. Actually, it was at Wheaton. It was a, it was just another guest, uh, or not guest. What do you call it? It was like a lecture in the evening. It was like a lecture you can just go to and attend. It's actually also, we, we mentioned this professor in the past, Dr. Christine Fulch, um, she hosted an event that I went to that I really learned a lot. Um, but anyway, that was a lot of rambling. So model minority myth. Some of you may be wondering, as and I have friends, again, just to stress, Asian Americans are not a monolith. They're not a one group, one size fits all. This must be what all Asian Americans think. That's that's crazy. Do, I mean, do all white people think the same thing? <laughs> like, um, I don't surely. think so, based on our conversation earlier about the different, you know, understandings of like even the origins of southern culture or southern hospitality for that matter right like even right. in just the state of north carolina it's very it's very distinct yeah so who's to say within you know a right. continent that populates the majority of the world's population it's like i don't think you can say that everybody's gonna be the same yeah not at all so and i've as i've actually i have recommended this podcast episode to others just uh unofficially i guess not on the podcast just to other people and some people have raised questions um some one of my asian american friends was like well what's the what's wrong with the model minority myth and i thought that's a really good question because i think the way they were talking about it was like well if it if it's the sense of your your culture is seen as like a good culture to have around isn't that a benefit and I think they talked about it a little bit in this podcast, but I think it's worth just bringing up and, and saying again. Um, one of the problems is, is how it's weaponized against other minority cultures. So turning to um, African-Americans and saying, well, why can't you, you know, get your stuff together, basically? Why can't you make the American dream work for yourself if these Asian-Americans can? And uh, also, it's interesting, too, that that's not always done. I was just listening to an episode by the, the Holy Post where they were talking about how sometimes African-Americans are compared to Africans in a similar way, where if um, there are immigrants from Africa and they are succeeding, it can be weaponized again against African-Americans. Like, why can't you succeed if these people can succeed? And there's this bulldozing of context where, well, if someone is self-selecting to move from Africa to America... Sometimes that involves having the education to be able to do so. And it doesn't take into context if an African-American is born into poverty in America. It's not necessarily just at, like just the place, but it might also be the wealth or the education or et cetera. Like having the mindset of I'm going to a place for the opportunity because I have the option to do so. That's a lot of stuff. I, maybe I opened too many cans of worms with that. But the whole point is saying um, there's some context, right? where it may be beneficial for one person or one family or one whole group of families to be considered a model minority, but that doesn't mean it's beneficial for other minorities. Um, the other reason why I would say, and they also talk about this, is a lot of times the model minority idea is used 
to silence people. Basically, and they talked about this a little bit. Um, I loved <laughs> Nick. I love it when we were talking about before we started with, I think it was um, Shireen's son. Is that right? Akash? Mm-hmm. Or, or I'm not sure. South Akash. Right. So there, one of the, I think it was the guest, her son was a lot of times people will call him Akash and his name is actually Akash and he'll speak up for himself and say, no, it's Akash. You know, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I believe it's Shireen's son. Um, and then Michelle was just commenting on that. And they all three of them were like, that's really good. Um, and how that is different from how they might have been instructed if they were growing up to just kind of take the shame of, yep, just don't say anything. Um, you don't, people don't need to pronounce your name right, whatever. And again, these are multiple different cultures, multiple different people's backgrounds. So we're not trying to say this is everyone's experience by any means. Um, but just this, this acknowledgement of model minority may not be helpful and can be harmful. Um, so even if a person is like, well, it's, it's helpful for me or it's helpful for my group of people, um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's good and that it's helpful for everyone. Yeah. Well, also in race, they talked about how there was two sides, like essentially the, these two concepts that we're talking about, it's just two sides of the same coin in the sense that to realize that the model minority myth is not actually enough to like exclude oneself from being still a perpetual foreigner. So like, I think it was the guest speaker where they were talking about like post 9-11 in which her parents were reported, like, and they were like, you know, what you would classify as an upstanding citizen, right? And they were reported by their neighbors to the FBI. So it's like, ultimately, even if you do have this model minority, like, concept in play, you're still going to, on the flip side of the same coin, be considered an other. Yeah, the sense of, you know, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many American flags you stick in your front yard, you're still going to be considered an other. And because, and it's interesting too, because they're Indian American, but because their complexion was similar enough to Middle Easterners, and it was after 9 11 when just it was normal to just suspect people that are brown, which is really sad, um, that the FBI just came and knocked on the door. And I think she said her parents were like, they're part of their culture just hospitality so they just let them in like oh yeah come in and have tea and they were you know being interrogated in their house um that was yeah i'm glad you brought that up um speaking of that it does bring up to our our co-listener for today so i I did want to uh bring her thoughts in and thank you so much this is newey in wisconsin thank you newey for taking the time to be a co-listener um she says This was a good introductory conversation about Asian American stereotypes centering on two hot issues right now. Although many things did resonate, as they mentioned, Asians are not a monolith or share the exact experiences as Americans. On the topic of the perpetual foreigner, it always pains me when I hear Middle Eastern and South Asian Americans share their traumatic experiences with the aftermath of 9-11. But then as among American, I also find myself processing being a perpetual foreigner differently. Because what happens when you're forever an outsider, even in your homeland? Uh, She put homeland in scare quotes. This is the case for many of the ethnic minority groups and tribes in Asia. 
I've had had these conversations with Asian friends already. I'm glad these conversations are moving beyond the Asian American circle as well. There's so much more to unpack and consider. Uh, well, thank you so much again, Nui, for being our co-listener and for, um, yeah, just delving into the, the episode with us. And I think, I think she makes a good point. It's a good introductory conversation. And there's, I mean, truly the Reclaim podcast is a, it's just a, a minefield of gems. Um, there's, I know I, I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I know one episode I really enjoyed listening to Dr. Uh, Sunchan Ra and I might've butchered his name right there. Um, but it, that was interesting. I remember just hearing him, he was reflecting on the melting pot to the salad bowl and then how the salad bowl is coated and like almost like a dress, like a ranch dressing. And I was like, wow, what an image just taking the analogy right there. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Hmm. But we are recommending, just again to reiterate, we're recommending, I think it's uh, Season 2, Episode 6, Cultural Identity and Asian American Stereotypes. And uh, before we go, did, did you have any other thoughts as well you wanted to wrap up with, Nick? Well, I just think it's interesting how in the final parts of the podcast, like they were talking about ways in which to push back against those stereotypes that were addressed in the episode, right? And so, like, oh, yeah. I think it's particularly the guest in which they were talking about educating their four-year-old son, right? And how in the literature that they read in the representation in the like picture books that they're looking over, it tends to be predominantly white. And so when they have these moments in which they're, uh, the representation is not necessarily indicative of like their actual race or ethnicity, uh, it prompts them to actually engage with that material and have conversations, you know, explaining that like hey even though this firefighter is white and all these other people in these different professions in this book are white like that's actually not it doesn't have to be the norm it doesn't have to be the standard you know you still have that capacity to be these things you know which i thought was very fascinating because like teaching somebody at that age these things in order to help them perpetuate their growth and to understand that they don't have to be limited by majority culture Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Dr. Reyes hit that right in the nail on the head when it's just talking about, you know, we can talk about race. And I think as white people, if you're part of the dominant culture in our context, white people, it's a lot easier to just not think about race for a longer period of time. And that was interesting when they asked toward the beginning, you know, when did you first become aware of your ethnicity or your race? Um, that was really interesting. Um and I think it's kind of like really any important topic with kids. As you're mentioning this, Nick, I'm like, I was just kind of making this connection. It's like, it's like anything. Instead of just talking about it once, being able to open it up, being able to say, yeah, you can ask these questions of me. Being able to say, I want to learn with you too. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. I'm taking the point longer than it needs to go. <laughs> um, we did want to mention, of course, each week, um we you know we plug our our patreon and this month again we've got ryan gosling wears a sweater so which i still think is amazing (laughs) oh same yeah i'm like this is gonna be a wonderful bonus episode you you don't even have to pay for that title what i mean that (laughs) um and then on the house on the (laughs) house um 
we've got for you next week an interview which i'm very excited about and the title of our upcoming episode is peru arizona and everything in between thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week